from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. This is Michelle. And this is Mark. And this is the subdued edition Whoa. of the Tiny House Podcast. Not enough coffee. Not enough coffee. Oh, I have enough. <laughs> I have enough. It's like a Christmas blend. Actually, no. Um, this is this is a cool thing, though. This is a this is a new. St- by the time the show comes out, no one's even going to care. <laughs> exactly. So this cup came out actually today. This is Starbucks celebration of the election cup. It is? Yes, it's there it's a pre-holiday cup. Everybody's getting confused. They think it's the holiday <laughs> cup. Believe me when I tell you it is not the holiday cup. I've seen the holiday cup. I I'm, have inside knowledge. I've seen it. Of course. It. Yeah. Um and this is not it. But I have lots of coffee. I'm sitting beside twenty ounces of, of a lovely uh lovely cup of coffee. What's on the side of it? Because it looks like a wreath. Yeah, it does. No, actually what it is is it's a you have to sort of see it up close. It is a solid line pencil or a solid line drawing. So it is hundreds and hundreds of people that are featured oh, I in see. one continuous line. Is it one continuous line? Yes. Wow. Huh. Trying Anyways. to vote. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this Speaking of voting, do we want to talk about politics? Brought to you by Starbucks. Um, actually, you're right, though. By the time the podcast <laughs> out, no one's going to care. That's true, too. Actually. By the time this Airs, we know that half of the country will be very disappointed. Exactly. We just don't know which, which half. half. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Actually, I don't know. I think probably more than half the country will be disappointed. Actually, that's I, probably true. Because I'm going into the election quite disappointed with our choices. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. We're saying a lot without saying much of anything. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we're trying to be politically correct. It's just like you said with the with the... With the uh, podcast coming out later, anything we say is kind of may or may not be Pretty relevant. Much. Maybe pros- prophetic, prophetic, prosthetic. No, we, <laughs> we can say as we guarantee one of them is going to win. We'll say both, and then we'll just edit the wrong one out. There we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know people that do that on Twitter. Oh, really? They have done that in the past. They will like predict both things, and then they'll delete the one that didn't happen. <laughs> so they look brilliant. <laughs> That's some kind of bar bet bullshit going on there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> if this was a political show, I would really suggest that we do that. Or if we had some sort of political agenda, but we don't, which is what makes us appeal to all walks of life. Is that ecumenical in religious terms? Ecumenical. I don't even ecumenical. know that word. Oh. And I'm really it's agnostic. Good at words. Is that agnostic? Agnostic means meh. Eh. <laughs> Either oh, yeah, way. That's true. Eh. Could be, eh. yes, no. <laughs> ecumenical. I'm not sure what that means. Me Before we get started, it's been a while. Oh, here it comes. I was wondering why it didn't come up in the last episode. <laughs> well, kind of because we jumped. Sometimes we take the time to banter and sometimes we don't. I, um, I thought it was because we were on site. Oh, yeah, maybe. That was part of it. That was part of it. That was definitely part of it. Um, our last interview was on site and really, really fun. And it that, was fun. That's kind of a mix up to our general flow, anyways. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Or was. You got to sit on the bump? I. <laughs> That was an uncomfortable ass <laughs> sitting position, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it looked like it was for everybody. Oh my goodness! But I had two corners digging into my fleshy parts. <laughs> 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 the pillow was not helpful. 
<laughs> and it was cold. And it was cold. It was we had to cold. Turn the heater off for sound purposes. Exactly. Yeah, it was kind of cold. But I was sitting so close to one of our guests, I felt like we should have been holding hands. I know. We our all thighs were. were rubbing, and I was like, <laughs> I feel like I should be holding her hand or like, you know, making some other gesture besides sitting awkwardly on my cold metal milk stool. <laughs> Not until you pry them from my cold <laughs> metal milk stool. Milky hands. <laughs> exactly. So the question of the day, Perry, how is your project coming along? It's going really uh, well. We, um, My best friend Bill and I. Wound house. <laughs> yes, the wound house. house. We went to uh, Rebuilding Center and we found, you probably know the name of this. I don't know the name of it, but it's 800-year-old um, fur. The, the, he distinguished it by the super tiny spaces between the growth lines on mm -hmm. this wood. They were up. Uh, this fur was um, already built into like thirty foot wide steps, with a bullnose end, and uh, someone donated to the rebuilding center, and we were able to get all we needed for our stairs for just thirty five dollars. Isn't that awesome? It was awesome, nice. and the rebuilding center guy um, even said, "You guys are getting a steal on this deal." Yeah. So that we got all the windows in uh, two weeks ago, which is all the windows. How oh, many windows? One, two, three, four. Four. Okay. Three downstairs. Uh, sorry, five. Four downstairs. One in the bathroom. One in the kitchen. One in the main room. Two in the main room, and then one upstairs in the loft. Uh, not okay. loft, but the second story. Okay. And then <clears throat> I just started putting on. We spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks before I was sick putting the the cedar siding back on the garage mm -hmm. where the windows right. are. Uh, that took a long time, a lot of measuring and and such. And then. Um, we we put on the siding, or not the siding, but the wall covering for our first wall, and it looks gorgeous. So what did you use? What we're using is um, cedar fencing, the actual fencing itself. Right. That's, Are you using the rough side? Uh, we're actually using the side that's the prettiest. Yeah, the smooth side. Well, it's not necessarily the smooth side. It's, really? Yeah, it depends on... So I got this... I got a shit ton a metric shit ton, metric shit ton. <laughs> of um old cedar siding from this person's yard and it's weathered and some of it has moss on it so it's got this green tint and then others has it has this other weathered look so it's got this red tintish and then others it's that cedar gray mm -hmm. and took a sander and sanded it all down but the color remains right. so um i sanded both sides not knowing which side's going to be best and then some of the planks have um state they they nailed it into the cross members with staples instead of nails and i kept those in because they added this really nice character and they rusted too so they've got this little nice little streaking going on mm. and um i thought they were it was going to be beautiful putting this stuff up right. uh, on the inside and bill was skeptical but when we laid it out uh -huh. oh, it's so beautiful. Very nice. It is so beautiful. Mid-conversation, I was going <clears> to <throat> say, you know, you should have asked me for my planer because that would have been way faster. You have a planer? Yes, but I wouldn't <laughs> let you touch my planer with a 10-foot board because if it has metal <laughs> in it, if it has staples right, right, and nails yeah. and stuff and yeah. you haven't taken the time to, then it takes chips out of the blades yeah. and mm. then it becomes expensive to use my planer because yeah. then you have to replace the blade. Oh, yeah, especially a planer blade. It's really expensive. Right. Yeah. But no, that's isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh, Michelle. The the heart, I'll have to tell you, I was really afraid to do this work because it was it's finished work mm -hmm. and this is my first time doing anything and I had so I've made a lot of mess ups. Um and just was shaking it literally shaking in my boots about doing this work the first day. But after like the third day, it's it's kind of like a no-brainer and I'm still making mistakes, but you're not going to 
some people will be able to see them, but it doesn't really matter that much to me because right. it's just so pretty looking. I think most right. people won't be able to see them. I well, hope so. they're not going to know. Right. I hope so. They haven't done it, so they don't know. Yeah. Well, some materials are really forgiving, and mm-hmm. that particular, you know, that that you know, aged and barnwood material is very forgiving. Mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why it's so popular in general. Oh yeah. Um, is because of the fact it's not exactly like white birch or something. Yeah. So. I think you're going to really like it, Mark. It's cool. it's got that old cabin feel Ooh, to it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Anyway. How long have we been talking? This is the just, longest think, preamble ever. It's like, I think our show's done. It's not. <laughs> no, it's no. Not. Oh, it's not? No, I listen to our shows every week now, and we got some pretty long ones. Okay. But, yeah, I listen to our shows to But I promise our audience we're actually not <laughs> avoiding, uh, we're not avoiding our guests at all. This is just how it is. Yeah, and we have a really good guest today. Well, all of our guests have been fantastic. Well, We have a returning guest. This is our first returning guest. That's true. It came out of a group before, but That's still. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've hey. never done that in almost that's two years. That's correct. We have pretty, never, never done the same amazing. guest twice. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Although this person wasn't unsingularly. Exactly. But enough of the beating around the bush. <laughs> Hi, Bonnie Lee. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. We do have a guest today. Good morning. <laughs> so Bonnie Lee was with us in on the show that one of the shows that we did at the Tiny House Jamboree. Correct. The one that we did in the chapel. Uh, we talked about. How do we? What did we call that? Diversity. Show? It was diversity generally, yeah, right? Yeah, and what a dynamic conversation that was. Yeah. Did you listen yeah. to it afterwards? I, uh, actually, I heard it while you were listening to it here. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the cool thing about that conversation too is it spurred a uh, the November I think edition. Uh, Bonnie Lee, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the November edition of P- Tiny House Magazine, maybe it was October. Um, was devoted yeah, it was October. also October <laughs> was devoted to diversity as well. Huh. So uh, yeah, so it's it's been an on. We definitely have spurred an ongoing and very productive conversation on the subject. So while <clears throat> Bonnie Lee certainly could contribute to a conversation here on the Tiny House podcast about diversity, there's a whole lot more about Bonnie Lee that is interesting. Um, she can make toothpaste five ways. <laughs> 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 is that true, Bonnie Lee? Being a homesteader. I yes, you definitely have an advantage of being a lot more sustainable and a lot more healthier in your decisions nice. <laughs> when it comes to things like toothpaste and you know the way you live and things like that. So I I, I can hold my own. <laughs> so so the your your um your uh, Skype picture would not indicate that you are a homesteader. It it, it would indicate that you are like a high class celebrity beautiful woman <laughs> not the not the straw hat um, straw in the mouth slapping <laughs> slapping the donkey <laughs> picking the chicken roasting the goat boot cowboy boot wearing <laughs> i put my boots on the table here this is <laughs> homesteader that you are um, tell us your story so how did you so first of all tell us what where you are today what you're doing and then how how did you get there as I... Okay. Yeah. Um, so I live on 15 acres, 2,000 feet above elevation in the mountains of Tennessee. I actually live in a tiny house, which is almost completed. It's still mildly under construction, and I live in it with my son. And I also have a homestead. So it's a farm that's growing day by day. And as you can hear, my rooster in the back. Um, so that's what I do, and that's where I'm currently at. And then Before I did this, I actually was, um, you know, a multi-passionate entrepreneur and I was in the fashion and fitness industry. So I worked as a journalist and I covered New York Fashion Week. I worked for several magazines as well and was a managing editor there. 
Um, so I actually went from being in fashion and living in New York City and living a very opulent lifestyle to, you know, down home country <laughs> in the mountain uh, mountains with my son on a homestead. <laughs> How did that transition happen? So when I was younger, my family sort of says that I've always loved the countryside. I was never a city girl, um, even though I've always lived in New York City. And I always had a passion for animals and sustainability and just, you know, I like the quietness of being outside or in the outskirts of major cities. And I'm so sorry. My rooster's totally All of a sudden. <laughs> It's like going crazy. That's actually, we're foleying that in. It's not really there. Exactly. We're adding it into the background. It's a special so the fetch. listeners can enjoy it. He's getting Bonnie's really, time. she's really in the studio with us. But anyway. Exactly. <laughs> he never, <laughs> he's, he's making quite an appearance today. So <laughs> um, I always wanted to have a farm. And it wasn't until a few years ago, I was married to my son's uh, father for over a decade. And after my divorce, I read a story of a woman that went through a divorce and built a tiny house and she lived there with her kids, with her kids. And I'm like, I really want to do that. I want to build my own tiny house and I want to live in it. And this is what I want to do with my life. Um, and I basically left the fashion industry, shut down my businesses. I sold one of them and I moved to Florida. I moved in with my grandparents. You know, I, I was this 30 something year old woman going back to live with her parents or family and because I was dead set on building a tiny house and, you know, having a farm. I thought I would end up doing it in Florida and it ended up that I, I, I'm in Tennessee. I started this journey with my partner at the time, my on again, off again partner. And we found this beautiful property and I purchased the property and I have been in love ever since with it. <laughs> so, um, that transition sounded sounds interesting, it, it, especially since you seem to have had this sustainability mindset as a child. So I guess the a better question would be, what took you into fashion? Um, you know, I've always had an eye for design and beauty, and it was something I went to school with. I studied journalism, and then I went to fashion school because I, I truly, I, I still have a love of fashion and the aesthetics of things, and you know, it was a. a it was a really neat lifestyle that I led and I got to meet some incredible people and travel and, um, you know, I just, I just have a great appreciation for beauty and that's what brought me into fashion. And I loved working with women and I really loved seeing people transform and I went into fitness and fashion. They sort of go hand in hand. It's, you know, the aesthetics of how you look and it was amazing. It, it really was. <laughs> what do you think about super skinny models? I know this is off the topic, you guys. I'm I know. Curious. Wow. <laughs> Not really. I can here. You answer the question, and then I'll get a segue. And oh, bring good. Us back. Okay. You can fit more skinny skinny girls into a tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you stack them. Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting. It's interesting because. You know, I saw a lot of both. So I, I also covered plus size fashion as well as, oh. you know, just straight size models. And it's a tough industry. You know, it's it's terribly unhealthy. Many times you have to conform to this idea of what beauty is supposed to look like. But who really is defining that? And it was really hard to see. I remember being at one show. Um, it was an indie show. 
And the girl was incredibly slim, incredibly unhealthy. And you can tell she was completely under, (laughs) you know, intoxicated from drugs. And she was walking down the aisle and everyone just sort of acted like they weren't seeing this happening. And it was kind of sad. So that was like the dark side of the fashion industry. But Mm. I really tried to take it from a perspective for the articles that I wrote and the magazines that I worked with to show the diversity, I guess the diversity, you know, cause I covered plus size mm-hmm. fashion in the industry at the end, you know, there's sort of this movement now where women of all sizes are breaking into this fashion industry. And I, I think it's really neat to see just to say that, Hey, whatever size you are, it's about being a lot healthier and not necessarily being so slim that it's, you know, affecting your health. Yeah. We look forward to that perspective about the tiny houses as well. Hey, whatever size house you live in, that's totally cool. <laughs> Good segue. Thank you. I told you I was going to work on it. No house shaming here. I was, no I, house shaming, exactly. <laughs> but actually, in all seriousness, um, actually, it, it is interesting because the fashion industry is really uh, focused on conformity, right? We They focus, they start with fashion week and they say, hey, this is what everyone is either going to be or should be or wearing this like. year, yeah. right? Yep. And then everybody <laughs> sort of follows follows in line if you've ever seen uh, Devil Wears Prada that was mm-hmm. a really great movie yeah. and uh, not to say that it was accurate exactly, right not to say Same it was thing. accurate at all but it did give you kind of this look um, of, of the influence that fashion has in design and in all the way down to us gap wearing <laughs> boot goodwill wearing exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> boot toting uh, so Bonnie Lee um Back to you, boy. We keep. <laughs> That's okay. I, if you don't, have, I've got a ton of questions. So um, I'm not going to make you go through this step by step, but I have been harassing you on Facebook this <coughs> oh week. Oh God, I know. <laughs> and I'm and I'm not going to make you go through this step by step process. But she has this amazing floor. She'll probably be semi-famous for just her floor. Um, <laughs> I'm not. We're not going to talk about the step by step process and installing or coming up with it, but. Um, it, it's an entirely different mindset. It's not about, you know, when you're designing and building your tiny house, it's not about money and conformity. It's about what you have available and doing some really creative things. So besides the floor, um, any other things that you've done really creatively in your space? Yeah. So to, okay. So I, I, I'm definitely not a conformist, you know, I, I think that was the most difficult part about being married in the past because my ex-husband's very structured and um, I'm very like, I hate to use the word flighty, but I, I'm very much, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to do. And um, I think my son, you know, has that where he wants to be structured, but he also wants to be this sort of bohemian kind of person like I am. So my house incorporates that. And the reason we have taken our time is because it. It, it has to be something that speaks to me and to us. So it, it's been a long process. So we, our lighting is actually, we, we use a lot of LED lighting. I'm completely off the grid and I run off solar. Like, for example, our kitchen lighting is actually lighting used in, um, so for example, RVs uh, or vehicle. It's vehicle lighting that we used in our kitchen. Our... Yeah, there's a lot of elements here. It's sort of this really crazy space um, from trying to use sustainable materials, trying to show that you can't, that you can do this um, according to whatever speaks to you and your budget. I think the neatest thing that I have right now in my house is the floor and our rock wall. And it goes around our wood stove. 
And every single rock, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of rocks on that wall. And that was carefully placed there by myself and my partner at the time. And we put every rock on that wall. It's amazing. And I love it. It's one of the staple pieces of my house. <laughs> so the that's fantastic. So the are, are you building this tiny house all by yourself? Yes. So <laughs> relationships are complicated. Um, again, I'm not traditional. So my partner and I have separated, but we're trying to make it work. And a lot of the times it's just me doing this. I'm a single mom. That's how I've always raised my son. And um, he has helped here and there. And he's been, you know, relationships are tough. They, they just are what they are. But yeah, it's just me doing this on my own. <laughs> and so the this is the, the partner that we uh, met at the Jamboree? You did. Yep. (laughs) And, and so the, how much you're living in your tiny house. So it's, it's got a roof and it's got four walls. (laughs) There's a toilet in there. The living room's done. Kitchen's done. And what's left is the bathroom and the two lofts. Okay, cool. And and, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was going to ask. So you said you had a homestead. Does that mean you have a separate facility or is the homestead your tiny house and the land that it's on? So my homestead is the tiny house and the land that it's on, but we have our chickens, we have our garden. So we fed ourselves from that garden this summer and this spring. All summer? Uh, uh, most of the summer, yeah. That's where our veg- veg- veggies came from, our fruits. Um, a lot of things came from there. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty awesome. And and you're living out there by, how old is your son? He's 13. Who's doing the tending? Me. All by yourself? Yeah, me and my son. And he is a, he's like almost six feet tall. He's this incredible kid who loves mountain life. And (laughs) he's amazing. He actually takes care of all of the wood. We have to prep for winter because, um, again, our home is heated by wood stove. So we have to have wood for the winter to get us through so we don't freeze our butts off. Wow. 15 acres, do you have, is, is it wood on your own land or do you have to get it elsewhere? No, no, on our own land. Okay. I'm terrified of a chainsaw, so it's worth that someone else has cut down the trees for us and then cut them into logs and my son chops them or we have people that we know that we go and just get um, logs from them and then we chop them. Very cool. What is, your 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 almost calling me your husband. <laughs> <laughs> your son is is kind of a you said he's kind of, you didn't use these words but a natural born mountain man. I presume he really likes being out there. He loves it. And I don't know if it's, you know, he grew up in a military family, so I, that sort of lends itself to this lifestyle as well. Um and he's just really passionate about survivalism and prepping and living this life. He actually wants to join the Marine Corps like his dad, so Ooh, Yeah. My son, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's thrived. It's really neat to see. And, you know, it's neat to see myself transition because I am, you know, still superficial in many ways. So, (laughs) In in what ways? Um, For example, I still get up and, you know, put a little makeup on. (laughs) Not a lot. You can see from before and after that I don't wear as much makeup. But a little mascara helps, you know, the day go by. <laughs> a little lip gloss. <laughs> a little lip gloss. I mean, it's I like those chickens haircut. are going to look at you, so you got to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Rooster be like, 
oh, 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 oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she does venture into town once in a while. You know, there are certain supplies you can't grow. So True, right? So uh, I love your new haircut, by the way. It's just really it so cute. It is really cute. It's adorable. Thank you. Yeah, I chopped it all off. You know, as they say when a woman cuts her hair, you know, she's about... To do something life changing. It's <laughs> true. It's very well, especially to the extent that you did. I mean, 12, 14, 16 inches off. Yeah. Wow. Yep. All gone. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. You can take the girl out of fashion, but you can't take the fashion, fashion out, out of the girl. Of the girl. <laughs> very nice. So how far how far from town do you live? So I live an hour, hour and ten minutes from the nearest major town. So those are once a week <laughs> trips. <laughs> And then we have a little tiny little little town that's 25 minutes away, but you wouldn't really consider that a town. It has like two or three things, and that's about it. <laughs> huh. And and how how do you? I presume you have electricity out there. I do. I run off solar. Oh wow! Solar. Oh, um, wow. I mean, we have internet and stuff, and again, that's that all runs off solar power. So who provides your internet? Um, there's a local telephone company here and they came out and dug all of the lines and then, um, we power it through our solar. So it's really neat because most people don't think that you can have all that and live off grid. I was going to ask you, how big is your solar array? We have four 100 watt panels and for now that provides all of the electricity we need. And then you heat with your stove. What do you do for summer or does it get hot there? So it does get a little warm, but we've become accustomed to it. Ideally, by next year, I want to double our capacity so that I can have the luxury of having a, you know, a um, an AC unit that will run off solar. But we did fans this entire summer, and we were just fine. Okay. Do you do you um? So you're an entrepreneur. You sold your all, all your businesses. Uh, what are you doing? Are you are you freelancing through your website now to make money? I am. So um, I took my personal namesake website and I converted it into a digital publication where I cover the lifestyle of the bohemian woman because that's who I am and that's who my audience is. Just your unconventional woman that, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't conform to society standards of who or what she should be. And I basically freelance through that. And um, I'm trying to get my homestead to be um, profitable. So we're getting more animals. We're trying to make things, you know, from canning to making soaps to making all kinds of things for your home because I really would like the homestead to be profitable. So, so that way I can do that. So <laughs> what is the what is the revenue balance between the two activities? Is the freelancing, if I may call it that, making more what? currently than the the homestead products and services? Correct. That's how I sustain myself and my son, my freelancing and then from my namesake site, I get a lot of consulting work from there. So I'll get different projects where I'm writing for a certain amount of months for a website and things like that. Usually under um, a pseudonym, not normally under my name. So those are, yeah. Where can we're not ending the show, but I'm curious where can people find your your tiny house pictures? Because there's it's not on with love, Bonnie Lee. No. It's actually, I renamed it, um, and it's actually Bohemian Eco Love, and you can find pictures of my little tiny house. So my house is a barn. I always wanted to live in a barn or a church, and I found a little barn that works perfectly, and that's what I live in. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so going to flash back a bit here to your past. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your son being in a military family. Were Yes. Were, 
he's from your loins. So you must have been in a military family. No, no. My aunt was military and his dad is military. His grandfather is military. His grandfather spent 28 years in the Navy. My ex-husband is 20 years in. Oh, wow. My son's stepmom is in the military as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So he had the... Were you you and your ex, your husband, were you together for a while? Husband. Husband. (laughs) <laughs> that's so cute have we ever never heard that before i've never heard i've said it before on this have show you, yeah <laughs> i probably said the same thing okay. too um so you guys were together for a while yeah we were together for over 10 years okay and that's where you guys traveled and, and things like that we did we did it was really neat we're actually still really good friends oh awesome and his wife which hopefully he'll never hear this um probably not she yeah <laughs> he was <laughs> He met her through an online dating site, and I was the first one that sent the messages to her for him. <laughs> That's not weird. I didn't. I didn't get that actually. I went over my head. <laughs> Michelle, explain that to me. <laughs> yeah, that's not weird at what, all. What happened? So, um, after she and her husband got divorced, he was doing some online dating, and Bonnie Lee found this woman and uh, initiated the conversation <laughs> between her ex-husband and his current wife uh, online, like Cheryl de Bergerac. <laughs> Kinda. It depends on what. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like yeah. The digital no. version. You did that under his profile, or just you had a separate? No, thing no, set no, no. Up? Her, oh, okay. his. He was very awkward because you know we had been married since we were, you know. I was 18, 19 when I first got married. Oh, wow. Um, so he was very awkward. I wanted to help him. And, you know, he was going through the site. And I'm like, oh, no, no. And then... <laughs> so it really I was her... Cyrano de Bergerac then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. With a little bit of, well, <laughs> this cheese, I really didn't like it much, but you really might like it. Here, try this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I found it a little stinky for my taste. Exactly. <laughs> 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 it's totally awkward, but we're actually really good friends. We co-parent my son amazingly and really beautifully, all of us. So it, it was neat to see the process. Plus, you know, she was perfect, you know, to be my son's stepmom. I didn't want to send my son and the person not be someone I, I wanted to be around. So, yeah, I mean, their wedding was beautiful. They're incredibly happy, and I could not be more happy for him. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. So I'll tell you a cute little story about co-parenting and staying best friends with your with your ex. Last night he was on Skype with my kids. And they were ending the conversation with him and his wife, and they were on Skype with my kids. And I was in the room, but wasn't on Skype with them. And then they were signing off, and he says, I love you. And the kids are like, goodbye, goodbye. And I'm like, I love you. And his (laughs) wife was really upset. (laughs) She starts screaming at him. But anyway, so. But, uh, yeah, we're very good friends, too. It's super important to maintain the quality of your children's life by maintaining the quality of the relationship. So. Kudos to you. It's not an easy thing to do. Thank you. I think it helps, you know, because he also has the best of both worlds. Because, again, this is not traditional. We live in a tiny house, completely off grid, on top of a mountain. And, you know, I I have his dad and stepmom's full support. So it it definitely makes this lifestyle a lot easier for us. (laughs) I, too, am an animal lover. When I was growing up, I had... Pigeons, goats, geese, ducks, chickens, horses, dogs, cats. So every morning I'd get up at like six o'clock in the morning and I remember, you know, put on your mud boots and your rain Mm -hmm. jacket and you go out and do feeding. So walk us through a typical day. So I get up around 4.30 in the morning, um, the latest six, and I have a cup of coffee. I 
start my day and answer emails and start a little bit of work. So by around six or seven, I'm up with my son and we're feeding the animals, working on things on the homestead. We'll come in, eat breakfast, and then we'll spend the rest of the day working on, oh, my son's also homeschooled. So I will homeschool him. We'll work on the homestead projects. I mean, the one thing I have found here is that things take a really long time. So what would take you just a few seconds to open a faucet and do this or that, it takes me probably half hour to 45 minutes longer to do. So things are definitely a process. It's fun. I mean, I could not be, there's this freedom that comes with this lifestyle. So we travel a lot. We get the best of both worlds and, you know, it's ours and it's really neat to see your animals and we're big on rescue animals. So I have five dogs and one cat as well. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot of animals. Yeah. No goats? Not yet. Um, we are working on building the goat and the um, cow area. So that takes time because I am learning to work with tools. And, you know, I, I think I've done a good job doing it on my own so far. <laughs> Very cool. So so let's talk a little bit about diversity since we're... How far are we into this? Yeah, we, we're... This is good. This That's is good funny. Yeah. I thought you were said, let's talk about diversity because I'm black <laughs> i was gonna say that but then i was looking around the room and i was like mm, i thought you were gonna go let's talk about sex baby let's talk, let's talk about, about you and me, me. Let's, let's talk about all the good things and the bad things anyway so bonnie um so you are, an, are well i should clarify actually are you african-american i am i'm african-american and latina so i'm, oh. I'm <laughs> spicy combo yeah spicy there's combo. a word for it what's that called uh, I use Afro Latina. See, Ooh, nice. yeah, that was, that was her like coin that word actually. that I really liked. That's cool. Thank you. And you, and Episode you, named. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and you belong to a new movement that was created uh, recently. Can I say that? Ish. Tiny Trailblazers. Yeah, Tiny Trailblazers yeah, is less than twelve months old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's considered recent. Got to go look it up in the dictionary, right. but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give a shout out about that organization. What's it about? Absolutely. Tiny House Trailblazers is an organization founded by Jewel Pearson, um, Miss Gypsy Soul. Y'all probably saw her on. You hear me? I just said y'all. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> You're in Tennessee. Um, you can do that. It was founded by Jewel, and it's an organization that provides education and advocacy for diversity in the tiny house movement because sometimes, or a lot of times, we deal with issues that. Um, people in other communities may not deal with, such as safe places to park or traveling with our tiny and things like that. So we provide a lot of education and support to people in the community. And what does that look like? Yeah, um, we actually have some workshops coming up in 2017. So we're really excited about that, where people can sit with us and have really great discussions and education. We also cover stories of other people in the tiny house movement that are you know, diversifying it. And we are working to add additional safe places to park. We provide our own personal stories and experiences on building. And I think the really neat thing about our organization is that we're all women. So it's Dominique Moody from The Nomad and myself. So we're all really like badass women (laughs) (laughs) that are, you know, here to help people and really help them move forward in the movement and sort of open people's eyes to, hey, I never thought that you would deal with that because I don't deal with that. So it's, it's really neat to see people transition. What are you doing to, um, you mentioned one of the advocacy areas is creating safer spaces for people to park. 
What are you doing in that area? Um, we're currently working on building resources and connecting with different facilities and places that enable diversity in their communities or, you know, RV parks and things like that. Because what most people may encounter is if I'm going to park my tiny in an RV park and it's predominantly white, you know, we may find ourselves in certain situations that will, you know, make us feel uncomfortable yeah. or deal with security issues. Um, so we're definitely connecting with those communities to start building that list where people know, hey, this is a safe place where I can park my tiny. Great. I don't have to worry about it. One less thing to worry about. Are, are, the, are you hearing stories other than your, well, not yours because you have your own land, but uh, other than Jewel Pearson um, or Dom, Dominique? Dominique. Dom, yeah. Dominique's experience of, of people of color with tiny houses having trouble with finding places to put their tiny house? Absolutely. Um, we have shared a lot of stories on our website of people just different things that they have gone through and their experiences. And even here, there's only two African-American people on the mountain, me and a friend of mine. And, you know, I experienced things up here. Everyone's really lovely and wonderful. I, I can't complain about my neighbors, but I've had two experiences here in the area that sort of jolted me. I mean, I lived very naively, I have to say, because I grew up in New York. So it's a melting pot of culture and diversity. So if someone really did or did or do some did say or do something, it was sort of like, are you serious? Do you even know where you're at? It, it wasn't seen as much. So when I faced those two situations here, I sort of brushed it off because I didn't know what to do. It, it did catch me off guard. Can you, can you, I yeah. want I want I want you to tell one of those two stories, but I, I also want you to tell one of the stories of someone else because I I don't want the listeners to think that you know it's just your problem or it's just um, Jewel Pearson's problem. Yeah, so- no, absolutely. Well, we have our fan page, so if you go to our fan page, there are tons of people that have shared their stories, and if you go to our website as well, there are particular people that have shared their stories and their ventures so we actually take questions and interview people and have them share that so there's a lot on there (laughs) okay so share share, tell 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 your story okay um so one time so because i live off grid right now i have not built an off-grid washing machine so i still have to go and wash clothes like regular people do in (laughs) in a well at a you know a laundromat and as i was leaving the laundromat i said have a good evening to the people that were there at the moment. And I assume they didn't hear me. And I still had one more laundry basket to grab after I had been done. And when I went inside, grabbed the second laundry basket, I'm walking outside. I said, oh, y'all have a um, good evening. And the gentleman turned around and called me, you know, that special word (laughs) that starts with an N. And it was really off-putting. And it frightened me a little bit because I've never had that experience up here because Everyone that I know here, farmers, everyone is lovely and kind and and really great. So that was a little scary for me. I was thankful that day I didn't bring my son with me. Um, Because your son would have broke out with an AK-47 and capped his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and my son, you know, I just, it's a tough situation. And then the second time I was at Lowe's and I was on the phone talking to my grandmother in Spanish because she barely understands English. And this gentleman that worked at Lowe's walked by. It's not funny, but I laughed because it made me nervous and it made me angry. And he was just like, go back to Mexico. And I'm like, I'm not even Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you say that about Lowe's um, because here in Portland, 
you know, I live next to a low, close to a Lowe's. That's where I get my supplies for some of my tiny house. And they uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, hired, they recently hired a transgender person there who is at the cash register, the cash and wraps. And oh. so I, I called Lowe's, the headquarters, to, to give the manager at the store a kudo. And the woman who answered the phone said, yeah, it's our policy to be open to all types of people. And she, she was willing to write as long as I wanted to talk a compliment for this manager. Mm, nice. So it was just really, really cool. I'm, and you're, you're saying this wasn't a customer. It was actually a Lowe's employee. It was. It was an older gentleman. And honestly, I <clears throat> pick and choose my battles. And it's, it's, I don't really feel like I'm going to change people's opinion. Yeah. But I can find ways to educate and advocate for these important issues. And honestly, I, I'm I am who I am. I'm a really loving person, but I can also fight for what's right. And it, it just wasn't the time or the place. And yeah. I just didn't feel like it was necessary. I'm not going to just you know disrupt my day to make you feel you know to make you change your mind because I'm not. I really don't feel like I can change people's mind <laughs> if I'm going to have an argument with them. It's not really worth it. <laughs> exactly. Is is the, the previous the laundromat situation? Did the guy just just use the N word, or did he say, "Hey, you blank"? He said we don't talk to um, N word. Oh, because <laughs> oh, she thought because she had already said have a I good know, evening yeah. and, and didn't get a response. Yeah. So she said so, it again, hoping to get yeah. a response, and that Correct. was yeah, that would be a little off. That would I be off putting. In the second scenario, in the low scenario, though, I think I probably would have been more tempted to to spout off a really long <laughs> series of very bad Spanish words. Exactly, in Spanish, exactly. I know. I know. <laughs> That's that thinking on your feet, Jay. Tu madre takes... pincha puta. <laughs> I don't mean. I don't think I even know any sp- bad Spanish words, but I'm sure you know a lot of them. <laughs> so I mean, it's 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 definitely um, an experience, and I'm 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 not your typical homesteader either. So people are still surprised when they were like, "Wait, you own the farm? A farm here?" I'm like, "Yeah, I absolutely do." And it's an incredible life. I can't explain it, but the best way I explain it to someone is the first time I came up here to see the property, it felt, and I'm not religious at all. Like I'm more spiritual. Like I believe whatever you call your God, awesome to me there, you know, it's just one God. I believe in awesome. God is, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So it was the first time I felt God is what I told someone. It felt spiritual. And then, um, the great thing about owning a tiny house and homestead and doing it yourself as a woman is one, you learn how to be, you know, rely on yourself, which is incredibly important Mm -hmm. to be able to do things on your own, but also it's tangible. So at the end of the day, if I put in eight hours of work on my property, I see the results of that. It's something I can touch and hold and see daily. Mm -hmm. I love that about building my tiny house and working on projects in general. You know, those of us that work in corporate America and we sit behind a desk and we shuffle paper and we send emails and we don't get that satisfaction of seeing the end results of our efforts. And Mm -hmm. even though I work in manufacturing Mm -hmm. and even though I literally smell like coffee because I I work for a coffee roaster, I still, I can walk down there and I can see them roasting Mm -hmm. the coffee and I bought the coffee or whatever. But, um, but it's a really, really wonderful thing to be able to connect what you thought in your head, what you did with your hands and the physical manifestation of that. And to interact with it, to live in it and to pee in it and to cook in it and to all those things that, that are, that make you uniquely you. I think it's something that really grounds us, yeah. um, 
really and, and it brings about a whole different level of appreciation for what it is. I was talking with the contractor who put in our put in the windows for the Hound House and um he and I were just going around and around on the poor building quality of of houses today and and how cost of labor is driving the quality of construction right. and the result of that is crappy construction and when i was putting up the the panels for my wall last last night it just hit me how the tiny house movement is allowing people who crave that quality of construction to mm-hmm. do it themselves and not only to to have the quality of construction but have the beauty that you just can't get like i was talking i don't know if you remember uh, bonnie lee the uh there used to be a program on PBS called This Old House. Mm. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's think it's still running. But um, you look at the type of craftsman construction that Bob, was Bob, it Bob Vila. Is it Bob Vila, Vila. Is it, that he mm-hmm. used to do on that program? And you just this contractor guy that 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 I was talking with, you can't get you can't get that quality construction anymore. Those people are yeah. either retired or dead. And so um, we, the tiny house movement, are actually rebirthing some of that in our own creations. And to be able to live in those creations is just freaking fantastic, I think. And I think you also put, so, you know, speaking of diversity, I get to put a little bit of my culture into my home and a little bit of where I come from. And I think, you know, my house is very eclectic, but it's also vibrant and happy. And although it's a barn, it's still, you know, it's who we are. and, And I think that it gives a really great ability to for self-expression and that's what i love about it very cool well bunny lee thank you so much for being on the show today it was great having you back because you are a return guest our first return guest yay thank you i'm honored (laughs) yeah of course and um who oh michelle has something to say so before we go i want to make sure we we give a shout out to um to her new ebook and uh i want to give her a chance to actually run through all of the websites we tripped over i think three or four of them today so so can you take a quick minute to kind of review all the websites where we can find your various projects in your ebook um and follow you on social media thank you uh yeah i wrote a book so it's about tiny houses homesteading and life lessons i learned along the way and it's called city girl country heart and you can order that online at with love and then if you want to look up my homestead and my projects, you'll see me and my son's smiling face and our crazy life at Bohemian Eco Love. And that's on social and that's the same website and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thank you very much. And uh, Tiny House listeners, you lovely people, you turn in next week and we're going to be talking with someone special. Who is it? Darren Zaruba. We hope. Darren oh, Darren Zaruba. Darren Zaruba, we hope. Wow. He has not gotten back to us yet? Well, no, what happened was, is I said, hey, you want to be on the show? And he's like, send me the email. So I sent him <laughs> the email, and we haven't heard back. So we're hoping, I'm going to actually, I was thinking about that today. I'm going to circle back with him and say, uh, hello, just to make sure. But Tell yeah, him if he I doesn't show up, we're going to hire an eight-year-old girl to come in and be Darren Zaruba. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in reality, we don't know who we're going to talk and to. And he has a great way. sense of humor, so he would actually probably appreciate that nonetheless. So hopefully, all uh, I'm going to cross my T's and dot my I's. My scheduling skills have been challenged lately, so cross my T's, dot my I's, and hopefully we'll be talking to Darren Zaruba with Eco Cabins next week. Okay, awesome. So tune in next week, listeners, and we'll see you for now. See you, everybody. See you, be ya. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. 
Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 